and welcome to episode 49 of the Brood Sages. Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am Freeloader, and with me as always is Sabaiku and Thomas. Sabaiku, how's it going tonight? Fantastic. Thomas, how are you doing? Pretty all right. <laughs> we are the Brood Sages, easily the second best Stormbound-related podcast in production. And as a reminder, you can always follow us at Brood Sages on Twitter, or for all of you who used to have you to hand crank your car windows... Our email address is thebroodsages at gmail.com. We have this note that I keep skipping over every uh, episode now. Um, uh, we created this Zazzle store for Christmas uh, and the uh, winter holiday season in general. Uh, we hope that those of you who uh, pitched in and uh, uh, got yourself a little uh, Brood Sages swag enjoyed it. But I'm either going to delete the note to market the Zazzle shop every week, or maybe we should ask our listeners, guys, uh, does anybody have some ideas on things they would like to have with a Brood Sages logo on it? Uh, drop us an email. Uh, send us a note. Uh, we'll see what we can do to put things together and add it to the store to make it a little bit more uh, interesting to our listeners. <laughs> Uh, moving on from there, we do have our community news, uh, Sibaiku. Uh, let's give everyone a reminder about the Race to Heroes League. Get to Heroes League as fast as you can. Stony J is getting lonely at the top. <laughs> Get a chance to win some rubies. Uh, the drawing, obviously, the for January, the race is over. It's only the first week of the month. And the drawing uh, probably will be going live by the time you hear this. So... Uh, you find out who won and then remember to do it again in February. Yeah, I qualified last month and just got hosed in the actual uh, uh, drawing. I got, I won nothing. Uh, so it was it was just my pride making it uh, early in the Heroes League last month. This month, there's been this new mode. We'll, maybe we'll get into it a little bit later, but there's this new thing that I've been doing. So I uh, haven't been playing as much on ladder. Um uh, Thomas, I specifically chose you to tell everyone about the reminder of Toad Games since last time your response was so perfect. Thomas? Uh-oh. Jeez, had myself on mute, and I'm trying to talk over here the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> so rude, I just walked away. <laughs> Join Toad Game because you can actually legitimately win coins just by playing three games. All you got to do is play three games, and you're guaranteed to win 200 coins. That's 67 coins a game uh, by losing. Feels pretty good to do that. So if you've got the time, join that. Uh, what is the most anyone has won in this? I think both Reckless and Helios have topped 1,000. Yeah, yeah. That's absurd. Uh, yeah, he Helio is almost... I thought Helios, the, the week that he took first place, I thought he was untouchable. Uh, and then when I saw the final results, Reckless was only like 200 coins behind him. <laughs> <laughs> when did that happen? Because Reckless almost got knocked out. Uh, just so uh, our listeners know, if you do choose, you, you start with 500 coins. Uh, and when you win, you get 100. When you lose, you lose 100. If you ever drop out to zero, you're done. So if you go on a five-game losing streak, uh, you're done. Uh, uh, Reckless was, I think, at like one or 200 coins with a day to go. And then I guess... <laughs> He just started beating everyone like it was going out of style because next thing you know, he was like in second place, just just a few hundred behind Helios. Um, 
So yeah, no, you can you can get some serious coin this way. Uh, it's certainly if you have a good streak, one of the better ways of getting uh, uh, gold. Which in this game we talk about this a lot, guys. Uh, gold is often the limiting resource. Mm-hmm. Well, additionally, uh, with this mode, you can technically get more coins than your daily coin cap so if you are a coin capper this is a way to get additional coins on top of that gaming the system tech print would be proud of you i like this (laughs) well dear listeners if you have any questions or you want to learn more get into the discord server the official stormbound discord server uh, and then message Isacoma, and uh, they'll be happy to help uh next up we have uh the meta report for uh january guys it's it's about halfway into the season now we have some pretty good data on the heroes league and diamond um mostly heroes league at this point over the last seven days but but when you look at the trends um we get a lot of good information on what's going on out there and what are we seeing yeah what we're seeing is swarm is really ticking up in play rate uh quite dramatically so be prepared to see some bucks and to see Zuri out there. Thomas, is that uh, has that been your experience? To uh, a little bit of a... Or yeah, I would, I would say that's fair. Um, the other thing that you're for sure going to see is... looks like it's dying off a little bit, uh, but Winter Aggro. The dreaded worst uh, tier deck that has like, existed throughout <laughs> all of time is actually now tier one and it's seeing play in heroes league and it's seeing widespread play yeah wolf cloak's buff was no joke it's a really strong card now it is it is and, and it's giving people uh, a reason to start playing yowling um reckless the last couple of weeks has been beating the pants off me in toad games uh when i've played because he's uh playing uh you know like at level three is is what we choose to do and so it's like you know base health 14 level three and he's just playing this absolutely disgusting winter aggro deck that just takes me behind the woodshed every time (laughs) yeah we're also starting to see an uptick in ironclad um across across the archetypes that you're seeing control and mid-range and less rush than both of those uh maybe people think that they can combat the swarm by trying to outvalue it uh but definitely a healthy amount of ironclad out there i gotta say the nerf to scrapped that we were so worried about killing off uh the ironclad archetypes it has not panned out that way at all no no they're still good I'm honestly so surprised to see such a small percentage of Shadowfen. It's not even hitting 20 points of the meta on average this month. Which surprises me uh, because it's so good at dealing with Swarm. And as you see more Swarm, maybe... And as you see more Swarm, maybe people will start playing Shadowfen to counter it? Yeah, that I mean, that's what I would have thought would have happened already. But I mean, even last week, the entire first week of the meta, Swarm was over 30 percent and that was rush and mid-range which would have been the perfect opportunity to capitalize on so maybe our listeners will take that information to their advantage (laughs) yeah well i i wonder with the heroes league players especially it's such a small community right there's only at most what we we get like seven eight hundred players in it no we're up well over a thousand on most months now we are that's amazing yeah. okay well i stand corrected 
Um, but that's still not the largest community in the world. Uh, and I wonder if there isn't sort of uh, an effect of uh, uh, fatigue. Everybody was jamming Shadowfen last month. Like everybody was jamming Shadowfen last month. I saw so many uh, mirror matches. Uh, I just wonder if a lot of them are just tired of playing it and playing something else. You know, that was true at the beginning of the month, but the Shadowfen play rate really fell off as the month progressed and people started to pick up more Swarm and mm. uh, especially more Ironclad, which makes sense because Shadowfen is traditionally weak to structures. So, uh, you know, the Ironclad definitely makes sense there. Uh, yeah, I got to say, uh, for me, and I am 100% biased in favor of Shadowfen, uh but it feels like the most flexible of the factions right now. I, I think you're right. Although with this amount of Ironclad being played, I would recommend to anyone wanting to play Shadowfen to think twice about adding Cordia to your deck. Um, Siegebreakers is going to be a very common tech card into an Ironclad heavy meta like this. And, well, uh, oh, go ahead. N- normally true. Um, this Ironclad control that we're seeing that's uh, like 15%, may not be ironclad structures remember we now have a very good project phoenix mm-hmm. it, it could just be general ironclad control is it that good it's it's decent it, yes. you know having played against it a bunch um and you know trying it out myself in draft mode mostly uh it, it's pretty solid it can do some work and oftentimes your opponent does not have a counter for it you know occasionally they're running freeze occasionally they're running convert but not often enough that you have to worry about it. Yep, correct. All right. It is still slow, for sure, um, but you can build the deck around it. Okay. Any last thoughts on the meta, aside um, from play sh- play more Shadowfen? <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty well sums it up. All right. Well, the reason for this episode uh, was specifically we, we had a desire to sit down and really think through 2021. And all of the uh, changes, improvements, uh, issues, events that happened within the game uh, last year. Uh, We did review the first half of the year in July. That was episode 37. Um, And we just kind of thought it was was a good time now to to sort of step back and say, uh, here's what's happening. Here's the direction the game is going. Here's where we think Sheepyard is trying to take it. And here's what we think about that. Uh, I will say that we thought we were going to be able to do this mid-December before we went away for the holidays. Uh, and then like at the last minute, like a little uh, uh, Babo Natale out of nowhere, here comes Brijosa <laughs> dropping draft mode. And we're like, oh, maybe maybe this is premature. <laughs> I guess we have something else to talk about uh, exactly. instead of uh, year in review. <laughs> yeah, he snuck it in there. He wanted to make sure that it made the cup for this episode. <laughs> That's what it was, right? Exactly. He's really worried about Sages talking about it in the year in review. Um, <laughs> so we're going to try to keep this uh, you know, centered around like major balance changes, some of the new cards. Uh, we really want, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of every single uh, uh, card change uh, that's happened. Um, But we're going to try to give you overall trends and try to give you some idea on the order of magnitude of the the movement in the game, right? So uh, with that, Thomas, walk me through the overall trends. There have been a lot of balance changes over the course of this past year, Uh, 63 to be specific. Uh, 
I would say 44 of them have been buffs, 18 nerfs, and a burf <laughs> over the course <laughs> of the year. That's just that's like a, a little over five um, changes a month on average. So kind of going forward, I think we could probably expect over the course of this next year to see something um, in about that alignment. Would would you guys say that's fair? I think that's fair. Now you're counting added cards as a in the buff category here. Um, but that's still just a ridiculous number of changes. It's over 30% of the card pool has been either added new to the game or reworked last no, year. No, there's been 63 changes and 21 cards added. What? Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Good gracious. So, so the good news for even the heaviest of libraries out there is that... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, the, the the odds of a deck that you created in December of 2020 being playing the same, first off, uh, uh, but being the optimal version of that deck at the end of the year are is essentially zero, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Like, you know, every everything is going to play slightly differently uh, as as the cards are changed now. Maybe you'd never played Trekking Alderman before, and now you realize, hey, this is one of the best neutrals in the game. I'm going to try to jam it in every deck. Do that. Absolutely do that. Well, I mean, I, I don't think any of the changes are maybe as drastic as... So So, uh, uh, I don't know if people uh, are all aware of this, but Dansu has returned to the Discord server, and uh, he's returned to the game. And one of the funniest things that uh, uh, he said was, well, imagine my surprise when Gift of the Wise, which last time I played was free... And drew you three cards. <laughs> now it costs nine mana. What the heck happened? <laughs> it was just a little bit broken. <laughs> just a little bit different of a game. Um, so, so aside from the overalls, uh, who's getting who? Who got beat down this year? I think we all know who takes the crown for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ironclad got the most nerfs. And, and and where is its play rate right now? Still just fine. <laughs> just fine. Yeah, it tells you how strong it was. Ironclad is the only faction that got more nerfs than buffs. And still, everything is just perfectly viable. Yeah, in fact, like when you're looking at it, so Ironclad was by far that way. And then uh, Swarm was the exact opposite I, now that we see how much play rate it has, I'm surprised by that because Swarm was like uh, almost all buffs and a single nerf. Yeah, but a lot of those buffs were the cards that they were trying to introduce into play, right? Like True. Counselor Ami, um, Swarm Callers. Petrified Fossils, Swarm yep. Callers is a good one, yep. And none of those are really seeing play. It's really still just about jam all the cheap cards in there play zuri play bucks you'll do fine yep. yeah good uh, point if if there is a card that is single-handedly keeping swarm relevant uh and 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 by relevant i mean as like one of the top two most played factions in the game right now it's bucks bucks is doing yeoman's work at making whatever whatever else you got in the deck is a threat because i'm sorry bucks. i you said Forgotten Souls wrong. <laughs> uh, 
Forgotten Souls is busted, no doubt, uh, at level five. But without bucks, man, um, you, you've got to be playing a straight up rush and you don't have any other option aside from a straight up rush deck in Swarm. Bucks is making everything else playable. Like if you want to play around with petrified fossils or something, go ahead. Um, but if, if you want to play, you know, about half that library isn't quite good enough. And then Bucks makes it all totally fine. And that's my that's my take on, on on where Swarm is right now. I'm very worried because I feel like Bucks is overpowered, but at the same time, everything else isn't. <laughs> and so without Bucks, whew, that becomes a very one dimensional faction again. So I don't want to see a Bucks nerf until something else gains like standalone viability. I I think we're still generally fine. Um People just need to start playing Dark Harvest more in their Swarm decks uh, mm. because we've talked about this uh, three or four months ago where Shadowfen has like the best Shadowfen counter. So when there's too much Shadowfen, you actually start playing Shadowfen to eat up your Shadowfen opponents with the good <laughs> cards that you can use. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you can do the same thing in Swarm with Dark Harvest. If you're the player with Dark Harvest, your Swarm opponent is going to have a very bad time. Oh, I like this. There you go. So, or just play more just... Shadowfen. <laughs> or play. I was going to say, Shadowfen seems like a really good counter as well. Good point. All right. So we've added uh, 12 new cards in the last six months. Is, is that right, Sabaiku? That is correct. And that's not even including the first half of the year, which we already talked about, like you said, in July. This is just in the last six months. We got mostly rares, mostly neutrals. Uh, But what impresses me the most about the 12 new cards that they added is that there were lots of instances of very quickly retouching cards that were too strong or too weak. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Fragmented Essences was quickly changed. Sly Boots was changed. uh, Stoic Protectors was was changed uh, shortly after introduction. Uh, Things that we're not seeing a lot of uptake by the community because they weren't good. Sheepard really tried to correct that. And on the flip side, also for being too strong, like Fragmented Essences. Yeah, Frag was a a little too good out the chute. (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Yeah, that was everywhere. That was everywhere that first month. It was terrible. (laughs) I I, I will say this. So I I, I know it's been mostly in draft that I've played it because I've never intentionally put Sly Boots in a deck. But having now played it in draft and being able to use it to unlock my base lock that my opponent just put on me or to perfectly counter cards like Crowglyphs or, uh, you know, anything sitting next to a a tower that I want to clear that's in the way kind of a thing. I have really been impressed with Slyboots' sort of just weird situational high utility. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking that um, I'm close to getting that leveled up to, to four, I think. I might already have it at four and it's green, so that means I can maybe bring it up to five. I, I kind of want to test it out for a little bit. I feel like it hasn't gotten a good shake. Uh, I've played it in a decent number of decks. I like it a lot. Um, I, best in Shadowfen. <laughs> it's a perfectly fine card to add to your deck. Um, in niche situations, obviously, uh, Siege Breakers gets the nod and stuff like that. Sure. But yep, yep. Um, but yeah, it's uh, if you don't have a level five um, Loris, Slyboots does a pretty good job of mimicking. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just a general utility card 
Um, you know, we've talked about those four mana cards that kind of have niche situations and add this one to the list. It's just another really good one when when you get it in the right spot. So we've also had five straight up nerfs, right? Right. And let's talk about that for a minute. Like now that doesn't include cards that were buffed and then subsequently nerfed. And, you know, thinking specifically of Ami and Chillbeards here. Okay. But that means that so many of these changes were really trying to buff cards that don't see a lot of play as opposed to nerfing cards that see too much play. And I really like that approach. I like that it's trying to promote the cards rather than just take away something that you've invested your resources in. Yeah, Thomas, I, n- nerfs always feel bad, right? Because, you know, especially if you've recently uh, fused it and leveled it up and, and put all that gold and, and resources into it to then find out that, well, <laughs> you were interested in it because it was busted and we've noticed that it's busted. So now uh, say bye-bye to all that investment you've put into it. That's just like a, a, a bad cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, especially when you spent like a lot of resources, if you only had like two or three copies of your legendary to and got it all the way up and then very shortly after it gets the nerf, that's that's when it feels real bad. Yeah, like chestnuts. Sorry, I had to say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also interesting that, that um, Sheepyard has, has done this. Uh, we're going to try to push the playability and the play rate of this card uh, and then immediately or within a month or two gone whoops sorry uh you know i'm thinking of void surgers i'm thinking of ami chillbeards these cards that they were they really wanted to get them more into the meta uh but they're, they're they are very sensitive to sabiku's po- point they, they're very sensitive about over amplifying power as well right mm-hmm. absolutely so i actually i like this mo- um version of them doing this uh, more than just uh, slowly amping up the power for two reasons. The first one is you get dialed in faster. Uh, if you go a little bit too far, you know that you went too far. And exactly it's now that you've got a good range of being underpowered and overpowered, there you, you're going to really quickly know where that sweet spot is. Uh, but then more importantly, the uh, fusion stone uh, <laughs> nerf uh compensation that you get so it's a two for one <laughs> it's true I, I i will say i enjoyed for the first couple of days the sheep meta <laughs> and have not missed it a day since it went away <laughs> very true <laughs> so then he sheeped my sheep which had been sheeped from his sheep so oh, it was free man. but it uh, gave the sheep as a verb and that's so important <laughs> <laughs> dude I, i'm just gonna sheep him all right. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so, so, any last thoughts on how the 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 card pool of the like the playability? Uh, like when Sheepyard took over the game, there was a certain percentage of the overall library that was playable in a meta. Right? Do we feel like now there's more cards, or it's about the same? Do Do we feel like it's a broader selection of what you can put into? It's a absolutely more. It, it is more it's not quite to the degree that i would like like i really would i would love to see where like you know three quarters of the cards are seeing regular play and i don't think we're there but uh it's definitely way better than it was a year ago i 100 yep, percent agree with that yep and i totally agree with your point but i just wanted to say that we know that it's more because take a look at all the viable archetypes in the game 
when mm. you take a look at the meta report and you see each faction being played, you already know that it's more. That is true. That's a really good point. Um, several of these new neutrals, I'm thinking specifically, I'm looking at you, kitties, um, uh, were almost a, you have to level them up and include them as soon as you can uh, because they were, um, some would say, power creep. Uh, like, for example, does Gifted Recruits see uh, uh, anywhere near the play that it used to? And the answer to that is no, it doesn't. Uh, Kitties is replacing Gifted Recruits, but not 100% across the board. Right. They do have different use cases. And I would say, you know, probably 80 to 90% of the time, Kitties is a better version of Gifted Recruits because it moves your front and it has one extra strength. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there are definitely 10 to 20% of the situations where you're like, man, I wish I could just play something that moved straight forward and Kitties isn't going to go where I want it to go. Yeah, there there have definitely been times where I have uh, been able to win games because I left my, uh, uh, you know, I have one unit that is, I've tucked it in a corner and my opponent has to play Kitties next to it and hope it goes into it and aside from the other direction. Um, I remember we were doing a meta matchup and Thomas <laughs> Thomas afterwards said, well, now that I saw kitties go the wrong way, I'm telling you, I'm just removing it from the deck right now and putting gifted recruits back in. <laughs> yep, that was a mistake. <laughs> so um, overall then, with these new slightly more powerful or slightly at least stronger units, um, with drawbacks, each of them, or almost each of them, we, we feel that these cards are finding play but not necessarily kicking other cards out complete yeah agreed with that yeah yeah i mean it, like, it is a zero-sum game right there's only 12 spots in the deck so to, to put a new card in you're gonna have to take out an old card but yeah i think it's it's reducing the play rate as opposed to completely removing the cards and i like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so last thing i kind of wanted to ask um on this uh kind of last point that we're talking about with um, just the general amount of cards being added to the game. So there's actually been a grand total of 21 cards um, over the course of 2021. And so I assume we'll probably have somewhere between 20 and 24 again next year, which is about two cards a month. And uh, personally, thankfully, because my collection is nearly complete, that feels like it's like the perfect rate uh, that I can keep up with. Um, For the people that don't have complete collections are even nowhere near complete uh, that don't even ha- like have any level fives I know it can feel really daunting um, to try and keep up with the uh, increased uh, cards being added to the game in your guys's opinions what how do you feel um, the amount of cards that's been added to the game this last year too fast too slow just right I'll start with I think it is I think it is just right I like the fact that they're coming in faster than I can handle. Uh, my collection is not as advanced as yours. I definitely need to pick and choose which ones I'm going to level up. Uh, for example, uh, I sat on Fragmented Essences and I didn't get a play at that first month when it was seven strength. Uh, but I, I leveled uh, Sparkly Kitties up to five right away because I knew it was going to be fantastic. Um I would like to see it continue at this pace next year, even knowing that I'm not going to be the one to level up everyone when they come out, just because it still gives me options. I still like to 
uh, have something to work for and a reason to you know grind some resources so that I can get these new cards up to five and test them out. Uh, so I will first, Thomas, uh, attack your um, suggested premise to this. 21 cards were introduced in 2021. It better be 22 cards this year. There's no, there's no <laughs> range. Stick to the plan. 2022, there's 22 cards this year. I'm calling it now. It's January. Let's see if I'm right at the end of the year. Um, I have not been able to play a single one of the new cards yet at level. I've played around with them here or there. I did try minion launchers out at level four because... Uh, I was so excited for it. I spent the uh, $5 or what was it? Was it 5 or $10? The little pack to bring you up to level three. And then after that, I ended up packing so many more. I got it up to level four within the first week. Nice. Uh, and I tried it out and it was unfortunately, I'll be kind and call it whelming. Um, it just doesn't do enough. Uh, turns the, out razor sharp. movement is pretty hurts. detrimental to it. Yep, yep. Um, so with that in mind though, like my kitties are still level three, uh, all of the other, like the one mana, two mana, three mana neutrals, uh, none of them are past four. Um, they're starting to get there, but because of the new draft mode that has come out, uh, and we'll talk to, about that in a little bit, but I will, I will credit draft mode as having given me the opportunity to a level some of them up to five and see how they play at five uh and b just get the experience of getting to use them competitively so i have a better idea of which ones i want to focus my uh, uh uh resources on um i would love to get kitties up i think i think kitties is one of the ones that i would really like to be able to play because i do feel it like it would give me more parity against my opponents but as it currently stands, I mostly play control decks, and I, the extra strength is less important to me than the control aspect is. And so, yeah, my opponent will clear my gifted recruits with their kitty, and then I just put my trekking alderman right in front of it and blow up the rest of their board. I'm like, I don't care. It's fine. Uh, so, so um, I like the pace. It is not a pace I can keep up with uh, uh, fully. To Sabiker's point, there's always going to be cards that I'm just, well, I'm not there yet with it. Uh, and that's okay, I think. I, I don't want to ever feel like, okay, I've completed the game. And that's okay because a lot of those cards are soap cleanse. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> Randomly soap cleanse. I've, I've packed so many of them. <laughs> That I have that at like level four now. I didn't. Oh. I didn't pay to level it up. It's still at like level two and golden. And when I went to take a look at my copies, I was like, "Wait, what? Wow! Where did where did all these copies come from?" Don't worry, you'll find a home for it. I'm sure I will. Well, someday. Uh, I will say in draft, it's great because uh, I've I've played it twice without any poison cards in my deck, and both times I won six games because just paying one mana to get rid of a card is a really good deal. Uh, <laughs> Trying to get to those level fives faster. That's it. That's <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to float a mana. I'm just going to get this out of here. All right, well, let's move on from the cards and the libraries because there has definitely been, while that has been obviously a, a big section of change to the game, uh, we have other things. For example, we had a brawl rework. Uh, Sabaiku, what happened uh, with the modifiers? What happened is that we got a total of seven new brawl modifiers between the July and October updates, which hmm. 
is great for a mode that had not been touched in a very long time. What I like the most about this is that the modifier started to play with other aspects of the board rather than just, you know, adding strength to a particular faction or adding speed or reducing mana. It's, you know, fights of threes where you can only have three units on the board at a time. Reckless loves this one because it it just allows for smart players to do crazy things that make it difficult for the opponent to respond uh, amalgamation, which nobody loves, but lets you, <laughs> lets you play weird decks that you would never otherwise play. Uh, you know, they're they're manipulating hand, they're manipulating board state, uh, and that's way better than just hey, Raven's got extra strength today. Like, great, go for it. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed um, some of the new ones, not all of them. The new like ways to play the game feel a lot fresher. That part of it I've really liked. Splitting up the the, the 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 trifurcation of it so that there's now three to do each week has felt a little overwhelming at times uh, for someone like me who doesn't play as much. It has been a little bit of, how am I ever going to push to, you know, the the milestone five or whatever in each of these like that's a lot of games to do yeah it is but you don't need to do all of them and you know you can just kind of pick and choose based on card levels like oh hey toad brawl is the ultimate brawl i have my toads all at level five so i'm gonna play that one or all my toads are level three so i'm just gonna stick to the warrior brawl this week and not worry about it i like that you can pick and choose. You don't have to. Uh, but if you're the kind of person that likes to invest a lot of time in the game and you have the levels for it, then, you know, go ahead, try to max them all out. Yeah, you got to remember, it's not like they're going anywhere. They're going to be here again next week and the following week and the following. <laughs> so that is true. Don't um, burn yourself out. Uh, uh, Thomas, they also added uh, a, a roguelike aspect to uh, a Brawl this year. <laughs> the most uh what do you call it sweet and salty thing that they have ever done to us <laughs> first adding the fact that after three losses you are knocked back to the previous milestone and you have to uh get up to the next milestone to reset your hearts but then the next month finally adding in the resources that we could get after each win and this was definitely the uh the candy that we were rewarded with. I love the rework that they've done to Brawl now, and you receive so many reward, extra rewards uh, for Brawling. And so it it's definitely helped me come out much more on top than I ever have in the past. So a great, great addition and great thought process on the, on the rework in general. Yeah, I agree. You know, as you even go through the first handful of milestones, you can actually turn a profit playing the brawl rather than sinking your coins into it. It used to be that you had to go really pretty far in order to feel like you got anything out of the brawl. Now it's like, yeah, I earn extra coins along the way. I earn extra rubies along the way. It's a really efficient way to take a few coins and turn them into other resources like cards and fusion stones and rubies. Uh, I, I I can't say enough. I, I like so much that they found a way to cheapen the cost of the brawl without just cutting how much it costs to play a game. Yes, agreed. I think that would have been a much better way for me to describe it. I do agree with you, except for one thing. I accepted a Ruby reward one 
week and never got offered more rubies. I think I, I think I ended up with three ruby rewards. I was trying to, you know, I, I like rubies. I like buying mythic packs. And for that entire week, waiting for the next round of brawls to show up so that I could win two more individual rubies and get me back on my zeros and fives track was like, it just dug a knife into my OCD. It's like, what is, what is 38? What is eight? Where is there? Why is there an eight? Uh, it, it drove me up a wall. <laughs> so I will not take the Ruby rewards ever again. It's gold or nothing. <laughs> um, but I agree. I actually really like uh, both because there are um, three options. And uh, the three options are almost always different brawls. Uh, and on top of that, we have all these new brawls in there. And then on top of that, we have this sort of roguelike aspect to add some, I don't want to call it anxiety, but 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 some drama to your run. They It feels like a, a, a fairly new mode in comparison to the old brawl. Well, it just keeps it from being just a grind fest. Like you actually have to put thought process into each one. You can't just auto lose to get up to the next milestone we've seen um newer players uh mention things like that well, how much would it cost for me to just uh concede all the way up to x crowns and it's like you you should never be auto conceding you should at least try to win so you don't spend five times the amount of coins so this finally forces people to spend their resources a little bit more efficiently and then also to try and optimize their deck so that the game is going to be a, a little bit more fun to actually play because you're playing against people who are also trying to play competitively against you although i will say it feels terrible to win the first handful of games against underleveled opponents and not really get a feel for if the deck is working or not <laughs> and then all of a sudden be like oh no i need to change like three or four cards out of this deck and i keep getting reset to the last milestone until i figure it out <laughs> But once you're there, you're sure you're there. Mm -hmm, absolutely. That that's been the that's been the the issue for me though is is I used to push the old brawl uh, much further. I would try to go sometimes to the legendary, uh, and I'd spend a few thousand coins getting there. But you know, it helped me get that legendary. It seemed at the time like a good deal. I, I no longer think it was. I, but but now with the newer brawls. Um, just the the time commitment. It's not even necessarily the gold. I agree that that overall, these brawls are much um, uh, uh, more reasonably priced, uh, and uh, it's it's the the commitment in terms of oh gosh, like I'm already too. It, it you know I, I I crept in to the last milestone, losing the last game, but it's okay because I was right there on the edge, and it pushed me to the stars because you reheal. If you hit the next milestone before your third star, before your third dead heart knocks you back. And that's happened to me a couple of times. And I've just been like, man, I, I'm not going to push any further because if I just barely got here this time, I don't have the time to try to go through the next, you know, track to the next milestone twice or three times. That's just more of a time commitment than I can make. Yeah. You know, you, you talked about the old, old brawl and the point that I want to bring up there is that the matchmaking in the old brawl was a little bit better uh, just because all the players were forced into the same pool. You were just more likely to match up. You know, if you were base health 17, you'd find another 16, 17, 18 to match up against. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if you're playing in the ultimate brawl, like if you're not base health 20, if you don't have all level fours and fives in your deck, you should not be in there. Like I will get matched up against 14 and 16 base health opponents. I'm like, oh no, please. Like I feel bad about doing this to you, but at the same time, like, it, you know, it's a hundred coins for this match. I can't just concede <laughs> it to you. Neither of us are going to enjoy this. But we're doing it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. All right. Well, fair enough. Overall, I feel like uh, uh, Brawl is newer this year than it was last year. Fresher with new stuff going on. Um, uh, Absolutely. I would love to. I I, I would propose, just like there are both nerfs and buffs, I would propose that there are some Brawls that can just go away. Structures two mana. Structures two mana. Uh, exactly the one I was thinking. <laughs> no, I found the perfect deck. I had all credit to Mr. P93. You play Shadowfen in that in that brawl, and it works oh, like a dream. So crazy. I I went with zero losses all the way up to seventy crowns, just playing a Temple of Time Shadowfen deck. <laughs> It was amazing. I had the most fun in that brawl that I have ever had. And uh, I will do that again next time it rolls around without question. Wasn't there also, you were also playing Powder Tower, right? Yeah, Powder and True Shot in Temple of Time. It's just so dumb. And people have no idea how to play around Temple of Time, which is why it worked so well. Because there were definitely games I should have lost where they, you know, execute the true shot only to have it come right back the next turn. <laughs> like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> goodness, goodness. All right, so let's move on from Brawl because, again, there is uh, still a lot that was introduced this year. Um, we had collection filtering and searches, some, some quality of uh, life stuff here. Uh, deck import and export. Have have you guys used any of those? Uh, the import and export uh, feature. Yeah, we did it a few times between each other when we were uh, creating the uh, meta matchups. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, it, it's still my habit to just screenshot uh, and 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 post that to Discord when I want to like show people some new deck I'm trying out. Well, it, it's very different between like showing somebody versus trying to make it, right? Like mm, showing mm-hmm. somebody the deck, you, you send them the deck code, then they have to, you know, copy that and go into the game and then make it. Um, but if for the express purpose of saying, hey, go make this deck, it, it does what it's supposed to do. It does it very well. Okay. okay. I suppose that's a good point. If, if we're going to be sharing uh, decks to the Discord, like top 100 decks or so- something like that, we could just cr- uh, copy the uh, code screenshot it and then post both of them yes you should start doing that definitely yeah seems like a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) true Um, they can just make the deck (laughs) right of course uh uh, on top of uh all of those quality of life we actually had uh, a couple more quality of life uh improvements um shopping got a little better um they added in the ability to refresh Multiple times, although I question whether anyone has ever done more than the free refresh. I literally did it once just for the hell of it. (laughs) No, you didn't. I literally did. I'm sure there are people that have done it by accident, too, and felt real upset about it. So, you know, when the iPhone... 20 uh, 20 rubies is a lot to reset. Yeah, absolutely. You you know, when the iPhone uh, App Store first came out, Thomas, you might be too young to to remember this. Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, There was... um, 
they opened it up to, to community apps and some kid wrote a, I think, Sibaiku, was it a $100,000 app? It was yes. a red button mm-hmm. on a black screen. It was just a big red button on a black screen. That's all it was. Uh, and and he sold it. Somebody bought a copy of it. Uh, I, I'm assuming just to prove that they had the money to throw away. <laughs> is that what this was? Like, I don't need anything from the shop. My my library is full, but I have 20 rubies anyway. I believe the app was called I Am Rich. And the whole point was just to show that you can throw that money away. Thomas. <laughs> so here's Th- Thomas is just making it rain rubies up in here. My goodness. But it has been uh, it has been helpful. Um, I, I have hit, uh, Sabaiku knows this, what I ref- affectionately, affectionately refer to as Yahtzee, where um, despite not having even half the cards in the game at level five, I get three level fives offered to me. And it feels so bad when that started happening. You know, the first time it was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then the second time it happened in like less than a week. And I'm just like, this is getting annoying. Um, being able to re-roll those Yahtzees and, and actually maybe find a card that I don't have all the way leveled up uh, has been kind of nice. I've, I've used it. I use it almost daily. Uh, I should say not almost. I use it daily. Sabaiku? Yes, absolutely. And have you thrown away 20 rubies here and there just to? Just no, to... no, I have not. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> moving on, though, sticking with the economy. Um, guys, the economy got better this year. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to say it is where it needs to be yet. But boy, it got a lot better. Thomas, um, how how are people doing with, with the economy right now? It's nuts. I pulled the math earlier tonight, and your average Diamond or uh, Heroes League player who plays just five games a day on average has received an additional 25,000 coins since their economy change in June. That's insane. For doing literally nothing different. Yep, just more coins per win. All you got to do is just play the same number of games you were playing, and you get more coins. Yeah, so good, so good. Uh, that's give or take. I think what I need to level up all my golden uh, 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 fours right now. So uh, I need another six months. You're telling me, and maybe I can have close to a a, a, a max, not a max collection, but but all my uh, goldens can be gone. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, more coins per win is fantastic. Uh, The extra brawl rewards, which we touched on right now, it's a little bit cheaper to play the brawl. Even if you're not literally getting coins back, oftentimes you are getting some coins back. Um, The the season end chests, right, when the Heroes League was introduced in 2021, just more coins than you used to get out of the old diamond chest. I, I, this was not a 2021 change, but the quests give more than they used to. Uh, you know, just they've been slowly implementing these changes that give more coins to the players, so you have more flexibility to uh, do more brawling, buy normal for buy more noble books, or upgrade more cards. And that's not even talking about the record the rewards you get from draft, which. You know, we'll we'll talk about in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, this this episode is going to go nice and long, because uh, because when we get to draft, expect that's about half the episode. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just fantastic to see that they recognize where the pain point is and they've been addressing it. And it's frustrating that it wasn't addressed all at once. But when you go back and look at the year 
as a whole, you realize, yeah, these these incremental changes, they do add up. They are big. Like I'm definitely upgrading way more cards now than I was, you know, five or six months ago. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I remember I, I saved up like two or three months to, to be able to get my witches to level five. Uh, uh, and, and now the idea of waiting two or three months to get something that's golden up seems insane. Um while we're on the subject of the economy, what do you think of the premium pass? Uh, at this point, it's been almost a year uh, of its implementation. They adjusted the price point up from five to eight this year, right? So at eight, it's $96 a year to, to pay the, the uh, premium pass. That's US dollars. I, I don't know how it, uh, uh, with exchange rates and all the rest of that, I don't know how that applies around the rest of the world, but give or take, just under $100 a year to play the game with the premium pass which you do not need no but you get some extra resources it's an efficient way to spend money and get something out of it um, you definitely get more out of it than really any other offer and i hate watching ads i will pay it <laughs> i will pay it just to not watch ads it's true ads are terrible <laughs> although so to be honest i've only gotten the premium pass about half of the amount of time this last year uh, hmm. During the months where I'm extremely busy uh, and I can't play the game very much, I are the months that I'm not getting the premium pass. November and December, no matter what for me, are just cram full of other things. So, with how little I'm going to get to play, it's generally not worth it for me. Uh, and the other times that it's not worth it for me are the months where I have too much free time and I don't need to watch the ads because I'm going to cap anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that I could see. I, I would say as someone who doesn't play more than, you know, on average, I might, I might play a game or two a day, but right. All of it gets jam packed normally into like one or two nights a week. I've liked it. It, it, it. I recognize that I'm not getting full use out of it, that if I played more, I would get more gold. Um, but that was true when I wasn't paying for the premium pass. If I play more, I get more gold. Uh it still just amplifies how much gold I get when I do play, right? Like that's super helpful for someone who's sort of time constrained because I'm paying a little bit and I am getting more resources every time I win, uh, every time I finish a seat, you know, like, you know, finish a draft mode, all the rest of that. Uh, I get more resources than I would otherwise. Uh, and for someone who can't just grind and get all the gold he needs, it's it's actually super helpful for me. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Well, and the people that really do grind, so I, I had mentioned that uh, the average diamond plus person gets 25,000 or has gotten mm -hmm. 25,000. I didn't end up doing, I didn't do the math on what it would be for a person that really does grind and gets the premium pass. Yeah, I mean, look, if you coin cap every day, it's 300 coins a day is a difference between the uh not having the premium pass and having the premium pass right mm -hmm. 30 days a month 300 coins a day that adds up so fast yeah Time and, seven and, months yeah okay that's sixty three thousand. an additional 63 on top of this 25 so that's insane you know i i compare this before before this game obviously as everyone knows uh Sabaiku and i played hearthstone and Hearthstone was charging $80 per expansion, three expansions a year, to, to buy the expansion bundle. So in a given year, if you wanted to try to, to, to keep up, because you could grind if you wanted to, but the problem is the grinding takes days and days and days, and everyone else has all the new cards on release day. <laughs> so you're, you're behind for a few weeks trying to catch up. 
Uh, so, you know, that's $240 a year. When I compare that to $96 a year for this, for, for, for the premium pass, I, I feel like it's a good deal, uh, you know, for what we're getting. To me, it absolutely is. It, it's kind of a no brainer if, if this is something that you're doing on a regular basis and you already were debating between a uh, Netflix account, a uh, Hulu account, and something else. It's like this, it, you're already spending more on your Netflix or your Hulu. And you're probably actually playing this more than you're watching either of those things because you get to watch this on like your lunch break and things like that. So uh, it's cheaper, that... but they're still chill beards. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so good. So, so, so the library is improving, it's changing at a pretty high rate. 30% give or take of the cards are, are new or changed this past year. The economy has uh, gotten much better. We, we can actually more or less afford to keep up-ish with the new cards as they come in or at least not fall further and further behind. There's been changes to, to you know quality of life kind of improvements in the game. Brawl got reworked. And that was going to be the show, folks. That was it. December 15th, 2021. We're like, we've got this show nailed. We're good to go. Ship it. <laughs> and then... <laughs> so this thing came out uh, called Draft Mode. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Even Dansu, who swore this game off and wasn't playing it anymore, is back because of this. So uh, welcome to Stormbound 2.0. Where do we want to start? I'll, I'll open this up to Sabaiku first. What, how do you want to begin to have a conversation? So draft mode is new. It's novel, which means that we're all playing it a ton. Uh, but on top of that, it's just really fun. You get to make these crazy decks. Uh, you get to use different cards than you would normally use. You know, we've been playing this for a few weeks now, and... We have really learned that cards that are good in ranked are not necessarily good in draft mode. Cards that are good in equals are not necessarily good in draft mode. It is its own unique game mode, and that's really cool. Uh, on top of that, you can earn a ton of rewards for playing it. Uh, if you're halfway decent at drafting cards and playing the game, then you'll at least break even. You know, all you need to do is go 50-50 and you make your investment of 600 coins on the draft ticket back. If if you can do better, it's pure profit. Like I you know, I think we all regularly have at least two six win runs in our drafts. Um mm -hmm. and you know, that's why you should definitely trust our BS guide to draft mode when <laughs> When you look at our our rankings, know that uh, we do kind of know what we're doing here, um, and as a result of that, like every six win run that you get, you just make your coins back, and then to get get a ton of cards and a handful of fusion stones on top of it, it's really accelerated my resource generation in the last month oh uh, by a ton. And I really appreciate that. And on top of that, I have fun while I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I, Thomas, there's also this wonderful thing Sabaiku pointed out about how some of the cards that are good in draft mode are just not good anywhere else. And so we're seeing the, the, the I can't call it a resurgence because it was never on top before. We're just seeing the surgence of wetland deceivers as an example. Yeah, there's a, a few odd ducks out there. Wetland Deceivers is one of them. 
mechanical workers is mm. one of the probably best five cards that you can draft and level up in this mode. Who knew? <laughs> but but this brings a whole new kind of question to what's the use of having this big of a library if only you know 40 or 50 percent of the cards are playable in ladder we have a completely different meta we have a completely different value structure to the cards in this other mode so i'm thankful those cards exist i'm also thankful that because of the way the mode is structured I don't actually have to have those cards leveled up or even own them in my own library. That's a huge help because I don't really want to invest into Wetland Deceiver. <laughs> Absolutely. I could see this being the number one pull to get people in to play the game. And honestly, I, I've played a draft or I've drafted a few other different card games in my time and Stormbound nailed it. I think that they've got by far and away the best uh, form of drafting that exists. Just definitely hit it right out of the park on the first pitch. Sabaiku, as a uh, put yourself in the shoes of a new player who's never played Stormbound before, right? Like you're 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 meeting up with your cousin or brother or whatever, and you're like, "Hey, you got to try this game I play." And like, oh, okay, well, I don't have an account. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna start? It, is this not the best way to 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 begin playing the game? Well, for the free ticket, at least. Uh, right, that's what I, I was thinking a, specifically. If you, if you are brand new, investing 600 coins or a couple bucks into another run, probably not the best idea until you get the basics down and understand at least how the cards work and how they work together, because that that is definitely an important part of drafting. Um, but... In terms of when, once you've been in the game for a few months and you have a solid understanding of how to play, but you're frustrated that your library isn't where you want it to be, this is the mode for you for sure. For for three days a week, just jam this game and uh, you know make a ton of coins, make a ton of extra card copies, develop your collection. Um, it's it's definitely something that I wish was in the game two years ago when I oh, was gosh. you know hitting that wall where you know I'm in platinum with level two cards and like I'm just I'm never getting anywhere. <laughs> and most importantly, you get to have so much fun with this. It doesn't matter that my collection is maxed out. When you guys were just talking about wetland deceivers, yeah, if there's a card that you want to just have fun and go ham with but you don't want to spend the resources in, go after it and draft. Level it up and draft. See what kind of craziness you can get with it. And you don't have to have actually spent any resources whatsoever. Especially the legendaries, which are so hard to get to level five. Like, oh, mm. great. I never get to play Klaxion Ladder. Here she is offered to me in my first pick. Like, I'm just going to take that and play with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the good news is you're most likely going to find parity with the legendaries in draft. No one gets to level up their legendaries to five. So the fact that you're going to pick Klaxi and get, she's playable immediately and she will continue to be playable because it's never a situation like you'll run into on ladder where you're like okay i'm gonna play my level four loris here to try to clear his most of his front and then they respond with level five loris and you're just like oh well okay that was a thing yeah yeah it is a very fair mode which is great it, it feels fair i've 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 gotten destroyed by people uh in iron um I'm assuming that they walked away from the game for a while and came back recently, but it's also possible I just got absolutely hammered by somebody who loaded the game for the first time yesterday. With or my skill, it's reckless off rushes twentieth alt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more likely. 
<laughs> Everyone's a reckless alt. Uh, so, so I will say that the popularity of this mode, and I agree that that the design was gorgeous out the shoot, but perhaps the back end might have had a little bit of uh, a shaky start. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we overloaded the servers, man. <laughs> This was like, you ever see those videos of, of like Walmart on Black Friday morning at 1 a.m. or whatever, when everyone just busts through the door, displays fall over everywhere as they as the crowd runs in? That's what this was. This was, oh, draft exists? Boom, there goes the servers. <laughs> They're still hashing that out, which is saying something. The fact that it's been three full weeks later and it's still in a work in process really shows. I will say at least three weeks later, the gameplay feels like it's almost back to normal. Like I rarely have my gameplay disrupted by lag now. Uh, You know, the, the interactions with the shop or with the actual drafting of the cards is, is definitely still a challenge, but uh, at least the important part works, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we get, when we, when we get past this, and and I and and uh, uh, maybe we'll invite Brjoza back onto the podcast and ask him about the numbers because it would be really curious to know if there was a step change in the average daily users uh, uh, since draft came in because it it feels like and I know I'm playing in Diamond where uh, you know currently where there's more players but my queue times have been on draft days terrible but then on non-draft days they've been instantaneous uh i just feel like there's a lot more people playing the game right now than there used to be my friends list is always over 10 online at any given time uh has the game just kind of did it have a giant growth spurt that that they're still trying to come out from underneath maybe it does feel like that (laughs) i understand that there was a, a, a an an unanticipated surge on the opening day of draft since then however we have not regained server stability so it's one of two things either they increased capacity to try to handle all these extra uh, players and they're having difficulty with uh, you know some sort of you know synchronization of the multiple servers they've got running or something like that or the other possibility is they still have not been able to catch up to just the new average demand uh, that so many new people are uh, playing the game or so many old people have come back to the game that they just need to grow real fast to catch up. Uh, I, I hope it's the latter because that would be awesome. I, I, I feel like like draft mode should be the kind of thing that introduces a whole new player base to the game. Let's take a step back from that thought real quick then and just say... They're changing about 30% of the library every year. They're increasing uh, gold rewards across the board. Draft mode being the most recent example of just like, good gracious, could you imagine if the brawl rewards were anywhere near as good as the draft rewards? Like, whoo, I'd have a full library. Um, You know, the, the, the game is getting more polish every day. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. What do we think? Is this is this where is Sheepyard putting their resources into the right aspects of the game, the right facets of the game to be improving? Uh, I'll start with Sabaiku. Yeah, I think the number one problem that we discussed for what the whole first year of this podcast was the economy. <laughs> uh, we've definitely seen that they're putting resources into that. They're trying to change that. I think that's that was priority number one. Uh, updating the brawl game mode making that fresh 
adding the new draft game mode. They're definitely putting their resources into the right place. They're definitely working on the things that needed to be worked on. Uh, and it's made the game a lot fresher and a lot more fun as a result. This has absolutely been the, the right move for them. Uh, I, I thought with what they had already had for uh, last year before draft mode came out, was sufficient for me based on uh, hearing that most of their work has been behind the scenes with the coding and all that kind of good stuff. And so like the fact that draft mode came out when we were talking in early December, I was like, draft mode's not coming out until March. Uh, like, I mean, just with the yeah. speed that they've, they're have they doing things, it's not coming out until March. And nope, it, it's, it's already out. And so this has been awesome. Um, and actually, I guess now that I'm like, looking at or thinking about kind of the big picture and i would just ask you guys a little while ago about um the pace of new cards coming in now that draft mode's out i want them to quadruple the amount of cards that they add to the game more cards for draft mode i don't care about my collection add them to draft (laughs) you don't need to level them up to five in your collection you'll level them up to five after you draft them (laughs) exactly yeah unless they're an epic (laughs) um yeah i agree so so i i hope he doesn't mind that i that i give a little bit of a private conversation here but uh subaiku and i we we started playing in in january of was it 2020 it was right correct two years ago and i made diamond one in june and i think subaiku was like a week after me he made he made diamond one we both peak out using effectively the same deck the same Shadowfen rush deck that we continue to tout. And we both had a conversation. I want to say it was in July or August. We were talking and we said, this game is fun. It's really neat. But it, at the time it was static. There was nothing new being introduced. There was, you know, we said, I don't know. Let's maybe, maybe we give it another six months and see what happens. And we both were kind of under in agreement that we probably could tolerate the sameness of the game for for maybe another half year at that point. We'd figured out how to how to work the meta. We'd learned how to 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 combat the other decks that we were seeing. And it was just every every month it was the same same stuff. So yeah, you know, another six months, level up a couple more cards, see how much easier it is, see if we can maybe expand to a second deck that we could play into Diamond One. And now, gosh, we're we're two years into it, not another six months. And I can't begin to tell you when I'm gonna tire of draft mode. <laughs> <laughs> this is just it's a whole new game. It's like it's like we quit Stormbound and and, and started something else. It's so nice to I, I I'm and and I will be starting a a an organization uh, to to routinely pressure Brujosa to open draft mode up to seven days a week. Uh, whatever we need to do, if we've got to go, out, I will get people off the street to sign up to play this game, uh, just so that there's enough player base. Because because dang it, I want to play draft mode every day of the week. Uh, I, I I love where the game is going at this point. I, I it's not perfect, and and I don't I don't want people to think that we are uh uh you know we're we're <laughs> that we're unpaid shills. Uh, for for sheepyard because that's not the case uh I, I feel like when there's an issue we've called it out uh it was the economy in year one to Subaiku's point uh uh it was the economy in year two to Subaiku's point <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think i think the 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 big overall picture from this episode and, and looking back on 2021 is we moved and, and and we're moving in the right direction uh and and kudos to to everyone who who pitched in and and yeah let's let's see 2022 do more of the same 
Well, that's going to end the main portion of this episode, which means it's time for me to remind you to contact us, preferably in our channel on the Stormbound Discord server, on Twitter, at BroodSages. And you can always email us at thebroodsages at gmail.com. We have an additional way for you to reach out and support us, a Gumroad account where you can become patrons of our work. You can check out that link on our Stormbound Kitty page. This week, we did hear from some of our listeners. We heard from Hudson Bridge. Wonderful episode. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for that. I don't know whose work specifically you want to keep up, but I'll make sure Thomas and Sabaiku continue. The inventor of the moon, by the way, great job with that. Love the moon. When it comes to the draft tier list, you could add a couple of toggles for I have poison, I have confusion, or I have freeze. You could then just have stuff move around a bit and change those few cards that would switch around. I think it'd be interesting to have the added info. Great episode nonetheless. Uh, thank you so much for that idea. We've been playing around with these kinds of problems. The big issue, just so everyone understands, is uh, uh, Sheets is server side, which means when player A goes into it and changes one of those toggles, it changes for everyone. And so if somebody's trying to look at the list filtered for poison and somebody else goes in and turns on freeze, everything just went haywire. Uh, so we haven't been able to figure out a way so that you can change just the view that you're looking at. If anyone has any ideas on that, feel free to contact us, please. And then our most important message this week from one of our listeners, from the very, very well-known Reckless Rush, he says, and I quote, hi. That's going to do it for this episode. For Sabaiku and Thomas, I am Freeloader. We are the Brood Sages reminding you to stay hydrated.